0: It's AC Primetime Radio for the week of June 20th, 2016, the first day of the summer of 2016. I am Mel Taylor. Make sure you subscribe to our email newsletter. Stay in touch. Get stuff directly inputted into your inbox. Join our newsletter. Go to acprimetime.com for the unfiltered, uncensored, undeniable, unbelievable News and information for investors and builders and developers, and maybe you, you real estate speculator, you. Even individuals, little guys like you and me, I'm thinking about starting a business in Atlantic City. Maybe you want to get involved with rentals. You know? Anything in Atlantic City, the surrounding region, AC Prime Time and AC Prime Time Radio. Brigantine, we talk about that little town as well. Ventnor. Margate AC Primetime Radio, brought to you by Lacey Cleaning, the best at keeping your place clean. Turnover service, construction cleanup, call Lacey Cleaning. Go to LaceyCleaning.com. On today's episode, hmm, the upcoming auction of 120 city-owned properties. That's happening this Thursday at the Atlantic City Convention Center. Also on today's episode, we're going to talk about how the Borgata is under by $1 billion. How the pilot bill is one sweet deal if you're a casino. Also on today's episode of AC Primetime Radio, the invasion of Uber. That's right. Uber is now becoming the most popular way of getting around the Atlantic City area. Mr. Bart Blatstein, it's Bart Watch. Blatstein, is he an economic savior of Atlantic City? or a vulture investor. And Garden Pier, we're going to talk about that spectacular historical pier right there in front of Revel. How both Blatstein and Glenn Straub, is, well, both of them have been fighting over Garden Pier. And the Revel, yep, getting closer to reopening that property. How Glenn Straub is, well, is he, Um, he's getting about a million dollars worth of free publicity for this soon-to-reopen Revel. Free publicity because every Tom, Dick, and Harry blog, newspaper, radio following him around like a puppy dog. Glenn Straub is playing the local media like a Stradivarius. All on today's AC Primetime Radio. This is AC Primetime Radio. The city of Atlantic City getting ready to unload some real estate baggage that might be a little heavy handed in describing the 120 parcels that the city is trying to get rid of, uh, mainly because they want to get those 120 properties back on the tax rolls. But the way we look at it is the city's loss is your gain. That's 120 residential and commercial lots will be auctioned off. Uh, This Thursday, June 23rd at the Convention Center. If you want to see an auction brochure or watch the video, just go up to AC Primetime Radio for all that information. Prices for this vacant land in Atlantic City, extremely attractive. Some of the sites are discounted at maybe 25 35% of the original value some property has, well, some of it has some pretty amazing views of the ocean and the inlet. Some are mixed use commercial. That's pretty cool. Uh, keep this in mind though, that Bader Field is not going to be a part of this. It's going to be, well, Bader Field is going to be a part of another auction, a sealed bid uh, auction coming up in a few weeks separate. All right. And What I just learned recently was that these 120 properties that will be auctioned off this Thursday here in Atlantic City, well, they will have no, well, no conditions. They're pretty much, when you buy them, you can do whatever you want with them. And that uh, insiders inside of Atlantic City believe will make these move faster, which is really important to get these 120 properties on the tax rolls. And not every property is perfect. Some of it is kind of odd-shaped and weird locations, but they all have value. And uh, at least 20 of them have some big value. So I think it's certainly something to take a look at this Thursday with the real estate auction for Atlantic City. Go to AC Primetime Radio for a complete uh, map, an interactive map, a brochure, a video, and all that kind of stuff to prepare you for this Thursday morning's auction of 120 properties. So should should have Garden Pier? Should Garden Pier have been a part of the upcoming Atlantic City auction of, of those properties on June 23rd? Well, the city auction coming up on Thursday, June 23rd, like I said earlier, will have little or no conditions attached to those properties. To those. Uh, Successful bids. Successful, you know, the people who actually successfully bid for those properties are free to do whatever they want. The, the city just wants those parcels back on the tax rolls. It makes a lot of sense. But on the other hand, the separate bids for Bader Field and Riverside—that's a nice uh, parcel right below the big giant windmills. Okay, that's a one. That's, that's another uh, premium property there. And Garden Pier. All three of those properties are going to be under different terms. That's why they're kind of kind of separate and the conditions. There are conditions attached to the sale of those three specific properties, uh, jobs and economic growth. They have to be attached and be a part of any bidder's plans. So uh, Baderfield, Riverside and Garden Pier are separate. And Garden Pier, it looks like that deal was done directly with Bart Blatstein, he being the only person, to the best of our knowledge. Mr. Bart Blatstein was the only one that actually put in a bid for Garden Pier. Now, what we don't know is if everybody knew that the city changed their mind. Did the the city change their mind in regards to Garden Pier? At first, the city wanted to lease Garden Pier. But when they made that decision to go from leasing Garden Pier to selling it outright, I don't recall that when that happened. And did everybody know about it? Don't know that answer. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we know one thing. Developer Glenn Straub. He would have loved to get his hands on that pier right on the front steps of his soon-to-open Rebel property. We assumed that Straub had no interest in leasing the pier. He didn't want to lease Garden Pier. He didn't want to lease Baderfield. He wants to buy everything in sight. He has the money. We assume that Straub had, had no interest in leasing Garden Pier. But we wonder if Glenn was aware that council changed their mind and decided that the pier, instead of leasing it, they're going to sell it. Would Straub have paid more than $1.5 million for Garden Pier? You know, $1.5 million for Garden Pier. Sounds cheap. Sounds cheap. Keep this in mind. Glenn Straub had fairly comprehensive plans. Maybe not perfect plans, but he had a, a more meaty set of plans for Garden Pier. Whereas Mr. Blatstein, Mr. Blatstein had very general plans. That's the way it's been stated in the newspapers. And Mr. Blatstein also talks about putting a hotel, a big, giant, you know, luxury hotel on that pier. But at this point in time, for those of you in the know, that pier cannot hold anything more than a two-story structure. They would have to knock down the pier and start from scratch. So even though Bart says, Mr. Blastene says he wants to put a big giant high rise there, he would not be able to do anything more than two stories. Kind of screws up the plans of the uh, exciting hotel there he was thinking about. Of course, uh, we look at it like he's going to build something real big and bold to block the beautiful view of his arch enemy, Glenn Straub, since that pier is right in front of Revel. So, Now, the one interesting thing about Garden Pier is that at one time it was much longer, but after many, many storms, it keeps getting battered and it was getting destroyed. So they created a stub of a pier. So the current pier is much shorter, but it is a fact that that pier is grandfathered into being longer. So if somebody wanted to elongate that pier out to to its grandfathered length, We have been told that the new owner could do that. That tells me that maybe the pier should be valued at a much higher cost than just 1.5 million. Quite frankly, I think Garden Pier should have been auctioned off. 1.5 million sounds too cheap. It's AC Primetime Radio. My name is Mel Taylor. And Borgata, they win again. And we're not just talking about a gaming take, how much money, how much cash they took out of the pockets of their visitors. Borgata win it. they won again in regards to the, the assessment of their property. We believe they've been under-assessed now by $1 billion. Is, does this mean another financial screw-up? For the flat broke and seemingly rudderless city of Atlantic City, maybe that's a little heavy-handed. The Borgata is the town's largest employer, the biggest taxpayer. It's a love-hate relationship the city has with Borgata. Of course, Borgata and Harris and Nugget over there in the Marina District, I don't think they kind of feel they're a part of Atlantic City. It's kind of, it's kind of an island unto itself. It's not—you can't just get from the boardwalk— over there. I think they did that on purpose. Anyway, the Borgata is not only the most profitable business in Atlantic City, but it looks like it's now the most under-assessed property for tax purposes. And that means less money for Atlantic City's bone-dry municipal coffers. Even though Governor Christie did sign off on a rescue plan, those dollars are still not made available. A lot of those dollars will be made available after Atlantic City submits a plan, a restructuring plan. And something tells me that Atlantic City is not going to cough that up until the last minute, sometime in early November, you know, that 150-day uh, period of time they have. So right now, Atlantic City is still without cash, without money, and basically eking by. So getting back to the underassessment of the Borgata. Check this out. The background is MGM, the parent company, uh, they co-owned Borgata 50-50 with Boyd Gaming. So MGM and uh, Boyd Gaming, they have a 50-50 stake in the Borgata. Kick in butt, right? Just recently, MGM decided and announced a buyout of Boyd's 50% share of Borgata, and they bought out Boyd's 50% share for $900 million dollars. What does that tell you? If they bought out their share for $900 million, that means that you times that by two, that makes the fair market value of the Borgata worth $1.8 billion. And that is in direct conflict with that recent assessment. That recent assessment handed down by a court judge that pegged Borgata's value at just $850 million because at the end of the day the real value of a property is the most recent transaction that occurred party A handed over X amount of dollars to party B that's 1.8 billion dollars because the Borgata was seen as valuable 900 on that side 900 million on that side that's a valuation of $1.8 billion. And then, of course, this uh, the sale announcement went down just a few days after the pilot bill was announced. <laughs> you know? And that pilot bill is a sweetheart deal, not only for the Borgata, but for all the casinos. So in reality, the Borgata will cough up their share of the annual $120 million. That, uh, that's a part of the pilot bill. How about that? And and let me pour a little salt on the wound here. The casinos are still not taxed on all the revenue streams. You know, it's, They should be also taxed on things like food and drink and entertainment, which are the fastest growing portions of most casinos. Think about that. The one thing that everybody wants to have happen is to place more focus on making Atlantic City not so reliant on gaming. So everyone's encouraged to do non-gaming things, but somebody didn't think about placing a financial, well, a, uh, a financial saddle on the casinos and going along for the ride in regards to food, drink, and entertainment. It didn't happen. Another thing is that the casinos, they can petition. The casinos can petition the CRDA uh, to uh, allow their um, IAT taxes, the Internet uh, Alternative Tax, the IATs to be allocated for internal upgrades and other investments within their own casino properties. This is perfect timing for the Borgata. It really is. It's also horrible timing for Atlantic City's financial leadership. Borgata gets an incredibly sweet deal under the recently signed pilot bill. Uh, The Borgata and the other seven casinos will contribute to that annual $120 million payment in lieu of taxes, also known as the pilot bill. And of course, the pilot bill is just based on gaming revenue, hotel rooms, and property size. Foolishly, there's nothing connected to, f- to the fastest growing portion of the casino's business, and that is food and drink and entertainment. Put that, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Smoke it? Marijuana? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. We'll talk about that a little later. The importance of allowing people to buy and smoke pot. In Atlantic City. So hold off on that a little bit, okay? This is AC Primetime Radio. AC Primetime Radio. This is Mel Taylor and Uber. Uber. Expanding in Atlantic City, Margate, and Ventnor. Much to the dismay. Oh, better way to describe it is they're ticked off. The cabbies and the limo drivers do not like how Uber... The beloved Uber is growing in a stealth kind of way. The on-demand car service called Uber, quietly growing in the Atlantic City area and Margate and Ventnor and a lot of other Jersey Shore locations because Uber allows anybody to request a private ride using the Uber app on their iPhone or maybe their Android smartphone device. You know how that Uber car service works, right? It uses this dispatch software to send you a private taxi style car and no cash is needed. You pay with the credit card that you have connected to the Uber app on your phone. People love Uber. The millennials, the Gen Xers, this thing keeps growing and you can't stop it. Some towns try to hold Uber back. But it doesn't work. Because in order for a town, a city to grow, you have to offer amenities like an Uber. It's a big risk you face when you try to stop an Uber from growing in your town. Especially when very, very few people actually think the local cab or bus system is wonderful. Cheap and reliable service. Cheap and reliable transportation. Using Uber, it helps boost real estate values. San Francisco is a great example of that. Uber has boosted nightlife in Los Angeles, and it reduces drunk driving. It could do, for the, it could do the same for Atlantic City as well. Go Uber. This is AC Primetime Radio. So how did the buyer the king of distressed properties. How did developer Bart Blatstein get first dibs on buying the ultra-premium garden pier on Atlantic City's boardwalk? The guy who already has the showboat and the playground pier and some other properties around Atlantic City. How did Blatstein get his hands on uh, being first in line responding to an RFP? Well, maybe he was right there when the city decided Listen, we're not going to lease Garden Pier. We're going to sell it. $1.5 million. Are those those listening right now saying $1.5 million? I'll give you two. I bet there's a whole bunch of you out there. Now, keep in mind, Garden Pier was originally going to be leased, as we were talking about. The city then changed its mind, which it's allowed to. The city can change its mind and decided to sell the historic waterfront pier. And according to the press of Atlantic City, City Council introduced an ordinance letting Mayor Don Guardian and the city clerk do a deal, do a garden pier deal with Blatstein. Council could adopt the ordinance on July 13th. Hmm. And we do know that Glenn Straub, developer Glenn Straub of Revel, he'd love to grab that pier and utilize that pier right there on the front step of as soon as they reopen Revel property. Now, we know that Straub probably had no interest in leasing the pier, but was Glenn aware that uh, council changed their mind and, you know, they wanted people to buy the pier? Because Straub says, hey, listen, I got an open checkbook. Checkbook? Screw that. I'll pay you in cash. Straub would have likely paid much more than just $1.5 million for Garden Pier. Say those in the know. Hmm. Because Blatstein, my friends... It's a good thing. Sometimes it's really good for somebody to come in and see value in something that just lay in there. You know, he's the king of distressed properties, and that's not a bad thing. Is he an economic savior? Some think so. And even though we use the word vulture investor, that's not necessarily a bad thing. A vulture comes in and swoops down on stuff that's that's laying there, and they get to uh, see value in distressed properties. Vulture investing sounds evil, but it doesn't always mean that it's a bad thing. Mr. Blatstein is well known for buying up and transforming distressed properties. Bart gets high grades for that. A lot of work in Philadelphia, but critics say that he gets lower grades when considering management of those properties. There's a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inga Saffron. What a great name, Inga Saffron. And she's been following Blatstein's career as the well, she's an architecture critic for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and Saffron says uh, there's a lot of good Bart and bad Bart stuff, and sometimes she likes the architecture and the project that Blatstein, you know, that Blatstein does, but sometimes she thinks that they're just not managed well. It's the good Bart, bad Bart thing. One example, and uh, Mr. Blatstein always gets a lot of massive props and a lot of uh, accolades. For what he did down there in Northern Liberties in Philadelphia, the Piazza at Schmitz project in the No Libs section of Philly back in 20,000. Well, 2009 is when he uh, cut the ribbon on the Piazza. But today in 2016, the Piazza is not even there. It barely exists. Kind of. It started out really cool. And then it just took a nosedive when it opened in 20, what, 2009, when the Piazza opened, there was 37 stores and offices and restaurants. I used to go there a lot. Only four of them are still around today. And this is is according to the website, uh, BillyPenn.com. So there's restaurants, a lot of them shut down, big events, concerts, gone. So Bart Blatstein, they say here in BillyPenn.com, he leased, uh, he leased properties to dozens of independent art-related businesses, and according to the owners, uh, he made event and management choices that didn't really fit the vibe. And then he got out. He sold out of the Piazza. He sold it to a uh, company called Kushner, whose uh, leadership was different and really turned off the tenants and the Northern Liberties Neighborhood Association. And uh, Mr. Blatstein, in regards to his thoughts on Atlantic City. Now, we love people who think big. It's like, go big or go home. I believe in that. We believe in that. And uh, even though we spend most of our time, not us specifically, but other media, other, other dweebs in media, they're always poking fun at the craziness, the outlandishness of uh, entrepreneurs like Glenn Straub. But uh, Blatstein is now... He might be in that category, but we like that. In a, a recent New Jersey Monthly article, Bart Blatstein says this about Atlantic City. There's got to be some change in, in Atlantic City here. And regarding the places on Pacific Avenue, they are not good for the city. Eminent domain should be utilized when necessary to develop parcels and create jobs. Well, it's always tough to say those uh, two words, eminent domain. If you don't say them the right way, It uh, could provide some backlash, but the crazy statements he's making recently, even though uh, I think most of us would like to see it come to fruition, Blatstein believes a boom lies ahead for Atlantic City, specifically with 20 casinos in Atlantic City in the not too distant future. BART believes that Atlantic City can handle 20 casinos. Hmm. What do you think? AC Primetime Radio. My name is Mel Taylor. Get on our email list. Sign up. We are unfiltered, uncensored, undeniable. We are your connection to the reinvention of Atlantic City.